God, I just thank you for, for, that, for that time, Jesus. And God, I pray that you just wake that up in us, God. I, I, just, I just love how you put these things together, Jesus. And, and it just shows your presence, God. That's just, that's just been on my heart, Jesus, that you would create a desperation and a hunger for you, God, that we have never known. And, and God, that we couldn't plan it or produce it. So Holy Spirit, we need you to do it. We need you to, to come and to pour yourself out on us with power. God, we need the presence of, of the Spirit in our midst and in real ways. Father, we pray for the fullness of the Spirit. We pray for the gifts of the Spirit. We pray for Jesus, that you would just make us hungry and thirsty for you, Jesus. That we would see you for who you are. And that, Jesus, we would fall in love with you in ways that, we, that we've never known. That, Jesus, you would just... Help us just to surrender more and more of who we are, God, because you are worthy of it. And so, Father, I, this, this is yours. This is yours, God. It's, it's always been yours, and sometimes we just need to acknowledge it on our end that we need to let go. And, God, we want to let go today. So, Spirit, we just pray that you would come. And, and God, I thank you that you are here. God, you are here right now in our midst. Thank you that we're not the only ones in the room today. So, so Father, just pour yourself out. Reveal yourself to us. Show us your heart today. God, we love you. We love you, Jesus. And all of your people said, amen. Amen. Man, thanks for coming to Summit today. My name's Mark, and... Uh, uh, I'm just glad that you're here today. Uh, man, thank God for that time of worship. Listen, never take those things for granted. You know, when we're just, we have those moments where we're just worshiping God and God is just so real here in our midst. Let's just not get used to it and just pray for it even more. I, I, I love, uh, man, I just thank God what a gift we have here this morning. Um, hey, today we are wrapping up a series that we've been in for the past couple of weeks called The Shadow. And uh, uh, what we've uh, done in this series is we've talked about taking off who we used to be, putting on who we are in Christ. And, and, and last, week, um, last week, I asked a question, and uh, I, I want to uh, just put myself out here. Let's have a moment of vulnerability. This might be like a huge blow uh, to my pride, and that would only be a good thing probably. Uh, uh, let's see if you can remember the question we asked last week. Does anybody remember the question that we asked last week? Who what? Who am I? There we go. I'll go ahead and answer it. I'll go ahead and answer it. All right. I heard some of you were saying that. Some of you just started, I don't know, maybe speaking in tongues. Praise the Lord. And uh, hallelujah. And um, so who am I is what we did last week. We uh, are wrapping this up today. I want to ask us another question this morning. And I want to ask us the question, who are you becoming? Who are you becoming? I, I hear a lot of people, they, they talk about the future and they plan for the future, but I, I, I rarely hear people talk about the kind of person they will be when they get to the future, you know? I, I hear people talk about all the time, uh, this is where I want to be in five years, this is where I want to be in ten years. I, I, I never hear people say, this is the kind of person I want to be in five years. When I get to that school, when I get to that career, when I get to this goal in five to ten years, this is the kind of person that I hope that I am. I, I just rarely hear people talk that way. And, and here's what you need to know. That question, who are you becoming? Whether you realize it or not, 
there are forces in our lives that are shaping all of us into a certain kind of person. Does that make sense? There are things that right now, whether we realize it or not, there are things that are shaping all of us this morning. Christian or not, listen to this, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not, it doesn't matter what you believe about God. Christian or not, there are things that are shaping all of us right now as we are here into a certain kind of person. Some of those things that are shaping us are, are desires that we have inside of us, right? I'll give you some examples. And the desires we have inside of us, we can't see them, uh, but they lead us to do things that we can see. They lead us to do certain things. I'll give you an example, hunger. Hunger is a, is a desire that you can't really see it. Uh, now, you might be able to hear it every once in a while, right? You're really hungry. Your stomach yells at you. You know, you know what I'm saying? Your stomach growls. Uh, but hunger is a desire. You, you might not be able to see it. It will lead you to do things that you can see. Right? It will lead you to, let's get something to eat. You can touch it. You can taste it. It's visible. But that desire, you can't see, it's still there. And it's, it, it, it shapes you. The, the desire to be happy. The desire to be happy. You can't see that desire. You can't touch it. You can't put it in a, in a box. But that desire shapes all of us, leads us to do certain things, buy certain things, uh, maybe try to uh, do certain things that we think we'll enjoy. We have these desires inside of us, the desire to be liked, to be known, to be loved, to be respected. We can't touch those desires, but they shape us. They drive us to do certain things. Other people, uh, other things that shape us, people in our lives, our, our family, our friends, they shape us. So maybe the way that you think about the future is the way that your family thought about the future. Your friends think about it. The people around us shape us into a certain kind of person. Also, the world shapes us, doesn't it? The world that we just live in and, and then we take in through media, social media, TV, that sort of thing. The world just shapes us so we can be here in Christians and maybe we're growing closer to the Lord. But, but in, a way, in, in ways maybe we don't even realize, the world shapes us. We're, we're, we're being shaped right now into a, a certain kind of person. So have you ever considered the question, I want you to think about the question this morning, who are you becoming? Because every day you are becoming a certain kind of person. And so last week we let God answer the question, who am I? Today let's let God answer the question, who are we becoming? So if you have a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open up your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. One verse today is all we're going to do. One verse of scripture. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. So if you've got that, go ahead and open it up. Turn it on. It should be on the screen there. Uh, if it's not already. Here's our verse for the day. Let's go ahead and read this. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image. Your, your Bible might say we are, we are being transformed into the image of Jesus. We're being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now, now let's kind of put this verse in context so we can understand what's happening here. We picked it up right in the middle. Paul is talking about Moses. All right? Paul's talking about Moses. If you're familiar at all with the story of Moses, you know that there was uh, times when Moses would go up on Mount Sinai. He would be with God, get the Ten Commandments, that sort of thing. And just because God, just because Moses was in such close proximity to the, to the manifest presence of God, I mean, I mean, he was with God on top of this mountain. So because Moses was so close to God, 
It would literally transform Moses physically. The Bible says that, that Moses' face started to glow. It started to shine. It, it would become radiant because Moses was literally face-to-face in the radiant presence of God. Well, that honestly, there's no other way to say it. Honestly, it kind of scared the Israelites. It freaked the Israelites out when Moses would come down from the mountain just because of the way the glory of God just changed his physical appearance. He would glow, radiant glow. They put a veil over Moses' face, literally. They put like some kind of veil, some kind of cloth over his face just so that they could even look at him because Moses had been in the presence of God and, and, and it changed him physically and so they just couldn't look at him because his face was glowing so bright they put a veil over Moses' face so the Israelites could look at him. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 picks up on that story and he says that the reason they put a veil on Moses' face, yeah, because of the glory of God changed Moses' appearance, but also because the old covenant glory was fading away. And the reason it was fading is because the old covenant was pointing to the new covenant that Jesus would buy. It was pointing to the fact that Jesus was going to come. And so that veil kept people from seeing that after a while, I mean, even the Bible says this in the book of Exodus, after a while, Moses' face, that glow just kind of slowly left, and then he could take the veil off. Paul says that veil was there to, to keep people from realizing that, 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 that the old covenant glory was fading away. And so this veil was kind of symbolic of Moses was the only one that could go in the presence of God. And being in the presence of God changes people. Well, Paul picks up on that theme in our verse, and he says, we all, look at it, with unveiled face. What's that mean? It means that Moses was the one that could go into the presence of God. Now, because of Jesus, the veil's been taken off. We can all go into the presence of God. You know what I mean? We can all go to God. You, you don't need a priest. You don't need a Moses-type figure. Moses, pray for me. Because you have access to God, I don't. No, listen to me. We all have equal access to God through Jesus. The veil has been removed. Now, now, now what, what happens next? Paul gives one of the clearest, shortest verses in the Bible about how, cha- how change happens. Paul gives one of the clearest verses in the Bible about how we take off the shadow and we can begin to live in who we are in Christ. So look at what he says. He says, beholding the glory of of the Lord, or your Bible might say, looking at the person of Jesus. That word beholding, it literally means looking into a mirror. Let me ask you a question. How many of you looked in a mirror at least one time already today? Raise your hand. Some of you don't need to. It's obvious you skipped the mirror. All right. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. All right. All right. How many people have looked in the mirror more than one time today? Raise your hand. My hand's up. All right. All right. We, we look in a mirror a lot of times during the day, right? You ever walk by a mirror? Some people just walk by a mirror, and every time they walk by a mirror, it's stuck a pose. You know what I mean? You know? Right? Looking in a mirror can be a transformative event. Notice I say can be, right? You wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror to assess the damage of the previous night. And you try, emphasis on try, you try to make some adjustments, right? You're like, oh my gosh, somebody came in and just slapped me around all night long. What's going on? So you're trying to get the hair in place and, you know, all of these things. Here's what happens. When you look in a mirror, you see who you are, correct? Right? A a mirror shows you this is what you look like. Like it or not, this is what you look like. You can change some things, but this is who we are. Paul says, listen, we've all got access to Jesus Looking at Jesus, beholding Jesus, gazing at Jesus is like looking in a mirror. And when you look at the, at the person of Jesus, Jesus tells you who you are and who he is and who 
you're becoming. Looking at Jesus is like looking in a mirror, Paul says. Paul says we need to look at Jesus the same way you looked in the mirror this morning to get ready for church or to get ready for school, work throughout the week. And we transform ourselves, we fix ourselves according to what we see in the mirror. The mirror tells us reality. Listen, Jesus is a mirror, and when you look at Jesus, Jesus is telling us reality. He's saying, this is who I am, and because of who I am and what I've done for you, this is who you are. Like, like the song the band just now let us in. We are the sons and the daughters of God. You look at the world, the world doesn't tell you that. You look at Jesus, Jesus is a mirror. Jesus looks back at you and says, this is who you are. You're a son of God. You're a daughter of God. Jesus tells us who we are. He tells us who he is. He tells us who he's making us into. What, what Paul is talking about here is, is a process that Christians have talked about uh, for, for hundreds of years, and, and we don't use the language a lot, but more and more I just find myself attracted to this language. Paul is talking about a process that Christians have called spiritual formation. You know, a lot of times we use the word spiritual growth, and, and that's okay, that's fine, that's just modern terms for, for how we just try to describe growing as a follower of Jesus. But we, talk, we can talk about spiritual growth as if it's a side project to our lives. You know, I'm raising my kids, and I've got work over here. I've got homework and, and all of these things. And over here is spiritual growth. Listen, Jesus never intended to be a side project in my life. Jesus never intended for, for him to be, spiritual growth, to be a side project. A better way to look at it is this idea of spiritual formation, that it is the driving force in our lives that more and more we want to be shaped by Jesus. More and more we want Jesus to be the predominant shaping force in our lives so that more and more what's built in me and what comes out of me looks like Jesus. So it's not a Sunday thing. It's not a, it's not a if I feel like going to God, that's when I go to God. Spiritual formation is this idea that I want to be, that, that, that I want Jesus to form me. I want Jesus to shape me. It's this idea that whether we like it or not, something is shaping us. Might as well make it Jesus Christ. Might as well make Jesus the predominant shaping force in my life so that what's in me and comes out of me looks like Jesus. Dallas Willard, who I'm going to refer to a lot this morning, I love what his definition is of spiritual formation. He says spiritual formation is the spirit-driven process of forming the inner world of the human self in such a way that it becomes like the inner being of Christ himself. Spiritual formation, that process of Jesus shaping us, spiritual formation is how I take off the shadow and put on who I am in Christ. It's how I take off who I used to be and put on who I am in Christ. And more and more, oh, look at, look at that. Look at you. I'm telling you, listen, Tammy, a saint right there. I'm telling you, stuff like that gets you an extra jewel in heaven. That I, I have no biblical basis for what I just said, so don't quote me on that. I, I, instantly the Holy Spirit said, nope, wrong, nope, 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 go back. Bring it back, bring it back. Sometimes I just get a little, whoo, you know. And so, that's awesome, thank you, thank you. But spiritual formation is just this idea that we want Jesus to be the predominant shaping force in our lives. And more and more as that happens, listen to this, watch this. More and more as that happens, we start to be right now who God already sees us to be in Christ. The more that Jesus shapes us, the more I can obey him and live for him now. That we really can be the people that God wants us to be right here in 
the world. Now, that might sound almost like science fiction to a lot of us. Because again, whether we realize it or not, we are being shaped by a lot of things. Do you realize the things that are in your life that shape you? Can I give you some examples? I find that my phone is shaping me. I find that my phone shapes me, seems to be, into a more insecure person as I look at my life and compare my life to the seemingly glamorous lives of other people on social media, right? I, I just find that this is shaping me. Uh, TV shapes us. Movies shape us. Culture shape us. Shape us. People around us, they shape us. There's actually a really quick way that you can test how much you're shaped by a lot of things. Here's the test. Let me ask you a question. What is the goal that you have for your life? What are some of the goals that you have for your life? Think about that for a second. If you're a parent, what are some of the goals that you have for your kids? Think about that for a moment. People say, you know what, Mark, I mean, I mean some of my goals, I mean, I, I mean I'd like to, like to graduate, like to get out of school and, and get a good job and make, make some money, you know, uh, travel if I can, maybe one day get married have a family, raise some kids. You know, I'd like to uh, buy this kind of car that I've always thought w I would look really good in. I'd like to live in a certain kind of house. I've always wanted this kind of pet, so that would be really fun if I could do that. And, and, I, and I would like to retire at this age and make this amount of money. Here's the thing. I hear a lot of Christians, though, that's the goal for our lives, and I don't need Jesus for any of that. Do you understand what I just said? There isn't anything distinctly Christian about anything I just said. Now, there's nothing wrong with what I just said, but there's nothing Christian about it, right? And here's the thing for a lot of people. A lot of people come to Jesus, and they think it's Jesus' job to make all that happen, to give me the house and the boat and the car and the travel and all of those things. What, what are the goals that you have for your life, for your kids? A lot of us, we, we don't even realize that we're being shaped into a certain kind of person. Who are you becoming and so so we have to realize this we have to think about this and and maybe just as you take that test you think oh my gosh I'm being shaped by a lot of things and I don't know if it's Jesus I see a lot of forces in my life that are shaping me right now how can I be shaped by Jesus well Dallas Willard again has a really helpful process that I that I find for me that I want to teach us this morning and he calls it VIM V-I-M VIM stands for vision there it is right there. Vision, intention, and means. Vision, intention, and means. Whether we realize it or not, this is actually the way a lot of us live automatically. So, so have you ever known somebody, maybe you've seen people on TV and that sort of thing, all of a sudden, they just get extremely healthy. You know, you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe you know, they start going to the gym and, and all kinds of things happen. What, where did that come from? You know where that came from? First comes from vision. They have a vision of themselves getting healthy. I need to be healthier than I am at this moment. That vision leads to a decision. I'm going to get healthy. Then that, that decision leads to means. If I'm going to make that decision a reality, there's some things I got to do. Change the way I eat. Go to the gym. Blah, blah, blah. Vim. Vision, intention, and means. I want to walk us through this today just because I find this so, so fascinating and this, uh, this is so, really something that's just becoming more and more powerful in my life. I think this is exactly what Paul is teaching us here when he says, as we look at Jesus in the mirror, he shows us who he is, who we are, and who we're becoming. Jesus wants to give us a vision so that we can live differently. So the first one is vision. Vision, right there. 
vision, if you're taking notes, write that down. Verse 18, look here, here's vision. Beholding the glory of the Lord, I see something. In Paul's verse right here, what we see is the person of Jesus. See, a lot of the ways that we answer the question, who am I becoming? People give a, a certain kind of vision for their life. Maybe they talk about a career. Maybe they talk about uh, uh, the way that they want to raise their kids, things that they want to do. What's the vision that you have for your life? Well, what's the vision that God has for our lives? Who is God making us into? Who is God transforming us into? And Paul actually says it right here, that as we look at Jesus in the mirror, look at this. We are being transformed, look at this, into the same image. Your Bible might say this, that as we look at Jesus, we are being transformed into the exact same image of Jesus Christ. Think about that for a moment. God, right now, listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is what the Spirit is doing in your life. The Spirit of God is transforming you into the exact same image of Jesus. Do you hear that? That is the person you're becoming. You are becoming someone who is going to be perfectly transformed into the image of Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean we all become little gods, all right? That doesn't, that's not what that means. Doesn't mean we all become little gods, but listen to me. You are becoming someone who is going to love God perfectly. You will love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You are becoming a loving person. You are becoming a person who one day will see Jesus face to face, and you will be filled with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control. You are becoming a person who will never worry about anything for eternity, and anxiety will have no trace at all in your life. You are becoming a person who will never get sick again. Do you understand? This is who you're becoming. Listen, this is a vision for your life. That we're becoming into the, we're becoming, we're being transformed into the image of Jesus. I mean, the next time somebody asks you, Next time somebody walks up to you and says, hey, what are you doing with your life? Just tell them this right here. Hey, what are you doing with your life? Well, I was thinking about becoming transformed into the perfect image of Jesus Christ. What about you? What are you doing? I just feel like a lot of us need an image upgrade, a vision upgrade rather. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of Christians, we just need a vision upgrade into the people that we're becoming. Do you understand? This is what, listen, this is where you're going. You are going to be made, follower of Jesus, into the image of Jesus. Do you understand that? I'm not asking if you feel it. I mean, some of us, we look tired, right? It's getting cold. Halloween is this week. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. I ain't asked you if you feel it. I'm asking you, do you understand that the Spirit of God is transforming you into somebody that is radically different than the person you are in that chair? radically different than the person that I am on this stage. I am becoming a person who will never struggle with sin ever again for all of eternity. When I see Jesus face to face, I will be like him. Just understand that. Man, we need a vision upgrade. We've been living too long on the scraps of the world. Look into the world to give us some small vision. Did you know, listen to this, did you know that 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3 says, we will judge angels one day. Did you know that? 
2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12 says one day we will reign with Jesus. Mark, what's that mean? I have no idea what that means. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm being transformed into somebody that apparently is going to judge angels. How are you going to do that? I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to do that. I'm just telling you who he says he's making us into. So what's the vision of your life? Well, I want to make a lot of money. Listen, making a lot of money is too small of a vision for the child of God. Hello? It's too small of a, nothing wrong with it, nothing wrong with money. I'm just telling you that's too small of a vision for your life if you're a child of God. What if God gripped your life with such a vision of the kingdom that you got a vision for giving up your resources, using the resources that God blesses you to bring the kingdom of heaven down to earth? What if God gave you a vision of being someone for whom it can be said, man, those people must think it's more blessed to give than to receive. Do you have a God-given vision of who you are becoming? Because I'm telling you, that vision can transform your life. Listen, this is the only way that God talks to us. God never talks to us with rules and be good. That's not the way that God talks to us. That's the way that we say God talks to us. That's never the way God talks to us. This book is not a list of do's and don'ts. This book is vision from God for where God is taking us. This is vision from God for who we will be one day. Think of how Jesus talks about himself. Jesus never walked up to anybody and said, do you want to go to heaven when you die? Well, then you better be good. Jesus never said that. Here's how Jesus described himself. I am the fountain of living water, and if you come to me, you will never be thirsty again. Why does he say that? Because he knows that I'm thirsty. I'm the, I'm the living bread, and if you eat of me, you'll never be hungry again. What's that mean? What that means is this. When I taste Jesus, I realized I was made for him, and I want more of him. This is why Jesus says he's the light of the world. Jesus describes himself as, in a way that's all vision so that we would come to him, and that vision is a transformative force in my life that leads to the next part, intention. So vision, get a God-given vision of where God is taking us, because that is where we're going. Then that leads to intention. What's intention mean? Intention just means making a decision. If that's who God says I am, then I'm going to start to try to live that way. If that's where God's taken me, then I'm going to try to conform my life to look like that right now. If Jesus says that I'm salt and light, I'm going to try to live that way right now. If Jesus says this attitude is going to be out of me when I look at him face to face, I'm going to try to fight and deal with that attitude right now. If, if the Holy Spirit says he can fill me and he wants to give me joy and one day I want to be a person of unending joy, then I want to see if I can cultivate joy in my life right now. We, you make the decision, Jesus, if this is where you're taking me, this is who you are, here's the decision. I want to start to live like that's true right now as best as I can. Now, some of you are looking at me as if I'm insane. Here's, here's the deal. Here's the, and I think this is why. I think this is why. Now, let's just be real honest. I'm not talking to anybody but you. Nobody else is listening, all right? Let's just be real honest. Here's what we think. We think, we think that, that if we go to church enough, and if we hear enough sermons, and we do enough Bible studies, and we read the Bible enough times, then somehow change is going to automatically happen. Just out of nowhere, I'm going to automatically become a different person. One more sermon is going to do the trick. You ever thought that? Oh, one more book I read, it's going to do the trick. Oh, you know what? One more worship service is going to do the trick. And here's the dirty little secret. 
not working. Man, the problem is not with churches and scripture. That's not the problem. I think a lot of the problem is this. I think a lot of the problem is that we think change, taking off the shadow, putting on who we are in Christ. We think that that's all God's job, and we just need to wait for God to do it in us. That is not how growth in the Christian life works. Listen, God saves us. God's the one that saves. I was dead. I need Jesus to bring me to life. But once I give my life to Jesus, man, there's synergy in moving forward as a believer. It's God and me. I've got work to do. God's looking at me saying, listen, if you want to change, if you want to grow, you want to move forward, there's some things that you got to do. It's not a God, I'm just waiting on you to zap all this in me. It's God and me working together, becoming like Jesus. Let me show you. This is how the Bible talks. Philippians chapter 2. I believe it's going to be on the screen. Philippians 2.12. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work it out. Go to church. Read your Bible. Work it out. You know, go to the gym. Work it out. Get buff. What? You know. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Now, what is that? How do we grow? Who's working out our salvation? Is it God, is it me that's working it out, or is it you that's working it out? And the answer is yes. I love this verse. I love this one. I love this one. Look at this next verse. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. Man, that is vision. Just listen. Do you understand that if Jesus Christ burst through the clouds right now and came back, you would instantly be like him? You would be healed of every disease, sickness you have in your body right now in a moment's notice. You would never struggle with anxiety. If Jesus Christ came back right now, you would instantly be just like him. Now watch, that's vision. Watch the next verse. Because we shall see him as he is. Here's the next verse. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Now look at that. Who does the purifying, according to John in that verse? We do, right? Purifies himself. Now, God's the one working that in us. The Spirit's the one motivating us. But we're going to be like Jesus when he comes back. That vision leads to the decision, man, I'm going to purify myself right now. I want to start living for Jesus and be pure right now. And, And we just begin to work out that salvation. If you're taking notes, write this down. Taking off the shadow and putting on who we are in Christ doesn't happen on accident. It is a spirit driven decision that we make daily. Becoming who I am in Christ is a spirit driven decision that I have to make every single day. And look at me, the Spirit of God is all over that decision. Don't miss how powerful this is. There's just power in making the decision that says, I am not going to be driven by my lust and addicted to pornography because when I see Jesus, none of that will have a place in me. So I'm going to fight it now. There is power in making the decision, I'm going to seek God whether I feel like it or not. I'm going to forgive my enemies and seek reconciliation whether I feel like it or not. Why? Because I am becoming a person of love. Vision leads to intention. The decision, but decision is not enough. There's one more step. Decision, intention, here's the last one, leads to means. So I get a vision. This is where God's taking me. Intention, I'm making the decision. I'm going to live this way. Now, means. What's means? Means is the stuff that you got to do. Hey, I'm going to get healthy. What are you going to do? I'm going to get a gym membership. What are you going to do when you get there? Stare at the treadmill? 
No, man, you got to get on the treadmill. Treadmills is a, treadmill is the means. The weights are the means to the healthier you. It's the means to an end. Means, what is it? It's stuff. It's things that you and I can do to help us to grow every single day as a Christian. Think of it like this. Vision equals intention, which is decision. And that decision equals stuff that we do by the Spirit. That's good theology language. My seminary professor would like it. Stuff. Stuff that we do by the Spirit. Like what? Can I just tell you right here, right here, whether you realize it or not, showing up every Sunday for the 930 is shaping you. Did you know that? Showing up every, or maybe you come to the 1115, I don't know. But showing up every Sunday for church shapes you. Man, do you ever feel like you're the only Christian in the world during the week? You ever feel like that? Like nobody you work with loves Jesus? Nobody at your school loves Jesus? You ever feel like, man, I'm a Christian. I must be losing my ever-loving mind. And then, watch this, you come here, and you look around, and you say, I'm not the only crazy person, there's all kinds of them. Man, there's more crazy people here. Man, I, I, I am not making a foolish decision. We are being conformed into the image of Jesus together when we worship. Worship shapes you. Can I tell you something that shapes you? Powerful force that shapes you. Serving shapes you. Jesus washes the disciples' feet and says, all of us ought to do the same thing. Serve one another. I, I think that everybody ought to serve. I think everybody ought to serve. Serving kids, guest services, wherever you can serve. I think everybody ought to serve. Why? Because you serve once every four or five weeks. And what happens when you serve? It shapes you because it builds the rhythm of putting people before yourself. The world will never tell you to put anybody before yourself. Who goes first according to the world? Me. I do. But man, you build a rhythm of putting other people before yourself. It shapes you into a different person. Everything we talk about in this church is means. Reading scripture, fasting, prayer, Sabbath, listening to God speak, prayer. All of those things are means. And you may do those things, you may do those things every single day and they feel like they're going nowhere. I am telling you that over time those means lead to you becoming the person that God wants you to be. And you won't just see it fully realized in heaven. More and more over time, it will become a reality in your life now. You look back and you are in a different place. You are becoming a different person. The Spirit of God is shaping you. Write this down if you're taking notes. God always uses means. God always works through means. Now, now you might be here today. We're going to land the plane right here. Sermon's over. We're about to walk out of here. Service is over for the day. This was a lot. This is a lot to take in. So maybe for you, maybe starters is just simply this. Today, you and I might need a vision update. That you walked in here today and you were convinced that you were just the sin that you struggled with. You, you walked in here today and you were convinced that you were the bad week that you had. You're the bad news that you got. You walked in here today and you're convinced that you are still what that person did to you. 15 years ago. You are still what happened to you. You, you. you walked in here today and you are convinced that you are your job. You walked in here today and you are convinced that you are whatever title you have in your family. And maybe today you just simply need a vision upgrade. That the Father brought you here this morning to tell you, listen, whether you realized it or not, you are on your way. Where am I on my way to? You are on your way to becoming a person who fully loves me. And you are on your way to becoming a person who fully walks with Jesus. And you are on your way to being a person who is completely healed. 
You are on your way to being a person who loves others. You are on your way. The Spirit is taking you. Now notice what Paul says. Paul says it happens from one degree of glory to another. That means it's slow. That means it's a process. This doesn't happen overnight. But I am telling you, Jesus Christ will finish what he started in your life. Amen? He'll finish what he started in your life. And so maybe today... You just need a vision upgrade from God as the Father tells you this is who you are. This is who you're becoming. So just bow your heads, close your eyes with me this morning. Let's just settle down into the presence of God. And and Father, we ask you to come and just speak to us right now. And I just want you to imagine if you can... I want you to imagine yourself. I want you to imagine yourself right now. Try to imagine yourself. Ask the Spirit to help you. I want you to imagine yourself in the presence of Jesus fully, looking at him face to face. And when you see him, we just saw it from Scripture. When you see him, you will be like him. I want you to imagine right now the biggest sin that you struggle with. Do you you see it? Maybe you need to even hold your hands wide open and just like you're holding it right there in your lap. Maybe it's anxiety uh, or some some type of just just fear that just just plagues you. And and you know it's not from God, but you just don't know how to shake it. Or, Or maybe it's just a thing that you keep going back to over and over. Your friends pressure you into, the world pressures you into it. I don't know what it is, but I want you to imagine that thing that you struggle with. And I want you to imagine that right now it has no power over you. I want you to imagine that right now, its days are numbered. I want you to imagine right now, just feel this if you can. I want you to imagine right now that just being washed off of you. It's, it's, just, it's just gone. Because that is exactly what will happen when you see Jesus face to face. You will be like him. Can you see it? And if you can't, it's okay. It's okay. Because maybe we have been shaped by so many other voices for so long, we've never thought this way. So right now, just is a good, a good prayer to pray is, is just simply this. Spirit, help me. Spirit, help me to see this. And maybe you can't see it today. So you need to make this just a thing that you do every single day, a discipline, just a spiritual rhythm in your life of going to Jesus and looking at him as if he's a mirror. Jesus, who am I? And hear him say that you're his son or daughter. Jesus, who are you? You're the living water. You're the bread of life. You're the treasure hidden in a field. Jesus, who am I becoming? You are becoming someone perfectly conformed into my image. That's who you're becoming. And it might feel slow. In days it might feel more of a setback, like you're going in the opposite direction. But Jesus is taking you there. Just with every head bowed, with every eye closed, is there anybody in the room and you would just simply say this today, Mark, I need a vision upgrade. Raise your hand right now. I just need a vision upgrade today. I want to begin to see myself for where God is taking me. Hands up right now. Anybody in the room? Several hands are going up. A lot of hands going up in the room. Jesus, just make it so. Make it so. On earth as we will be in heaven. Just make it so today. God, that you would help us as a church 
Not just to listen to sermons and go to church, read our Bibles, do Christian things, to, to learn things, to get more knowledge. We would do it all thirsty to look in the mirror and see Jesus. And the more that we see you, we are transformed. God, just speak over this church right now. Speak over the 930. That in Christ, those, who us, those of us who are followers of Jesus, in Christ, we're on our way. We're on our way. It might feel slow, but we're on the way. Speak that over us right now. And you might be here today and you've never given your life to Jesus. And today, if you need to be saved, just pray this prayer with me. You want to give your life to Jesus, pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me today. And give my life to you right now. Jesus, help me to live for you starting today. Thank you for loving me, dying for me, and coming back from the dead for me. 